welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the Fat Man, Stevens, Hello. and the old guy. From the famous Rob Charney Show, I'm here today just to brighten your evening. So we have a great story about a Soviet cosmonaut, but first, a word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. They have online monthly game nights on Discord, so make sure you stop by their Facebook page for event times and dates. You can also grab a free quarantine version of the game straight off their website. Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. So the old guy was alive for this. Do you know what happened on April 12th, 1961? Here we go. Bingo. Soviet cosmonaut made pioneering space flight 60 years ago. God, am I good or what? You're good. <laughs> it, it, it helps that you were alive during the, 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 everybody loved space and outer space. It was, was an everything. exciting time. You know, I was a little kid, but it was an exciting time for, for everybody. And I'm not so certain my parents were all as excited about it as I was, but uh, it was, you know, the, uh, they didn't like the idea of the Russian menace in outer space. Well, you know, you got to look back at that period of time to remember that how much of things we were facing, the, the whole Red Scare that was going on, the, the nuclear drills that we had to do as kids ducking under <laughs> our tables that, like that would do any good. That's, right? still my, that's still my favorite. I've heard the, the songs of the years, duck and cover. It's the real thing. I mean, it really happened. And uh, I think everybody in my generation will probably tell you, yeah, they did it. And uh, pretty weird uh, how naive we really were as far as the ability to survive something like that. Had we even wanted to survive something like that. Don't, don't forget about the, the bomb shelters that are basically just giant ovens if you got hit. <laughs> you know, it's interesting <laughs> you bring that up. I was watching a show not too long ago talking about how many deserted uh bomb shelters there are particularly in the la area. a lot yeah and uh uh how, how many people have forgotten about them i mean the original family's long gone they've, they've moved out uh there's you know and and so you know you, you bought this property and you know you got a landscaper doing some work or something in your garden he hits he's you know he's plowing away and ding ding ding, ding <laughs> you know and it hits this door and they uncover this bomb shelter or or even worse some celebrity you know there's doing this some celebrity all of a sudden you hear the guy going ah <laughs> so yeah i mean there's been time you know they've opened them up but they're like time capsules they go inside there and there's food from the 50s and all the old clothes and all this. It's an absolute time capsule. Two TVs. <laughs> I, I yeah. have to admit, it would be kind of cool finding one because now you can say this three bedroom house now has a, you know, has a, yes. has, has a, has a fourth store granny flat. It's buried in the ground. It stays nice and cool. Has to be in those areas where the water tables aren't very high. high you know. I actually watched a YouTube yeah. video about this action. The guy <laughs> discovered one in his backyard and it was about him fixing it up. And there wasn't, yeah. and there, there wasn't a, uh, what do you call it? Like a pump. Sub pump. There wasn't a sub pump. Mm. So part of it was him drilling this, uh, this ancient concrete, which is, you know, fairly hard after yeah. a while. And, him, and it was, filled with asbestos. It probably. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one looked like it was a concrete, just straight concrete. I'm assuming it's reinforced, but you never know. And it was, it was just kind of fun to watch, especially him with like a giant hammer. And he couldn't find the door. Is that what the, I guess. It, I mean, uh, why would you have to jackhammer into this tube? What I vaguely remember Just is for fun. I yeah. I vaguely remember. I guess it was in his backyard or something, and 
It was all brick. Couldn't he had, call a locksmith. I mean, come on. Well, this was for him making a sub pump. Uh, sub pump, and it was okay. It was whatever. interesting, but crushed into the pilot seat by uh, by heavy G force. Soviet cosmonaut Yuri something or other saw flames outside his spacecraft. Prepared to die. His voice broke the tense silence of the ground control. I'm learning goodbye, comrades. <laughs> He didn't know that the blazing inferno he observed through a porthole was a cloud of plasma engulfed Vostok, Vostok 1, during its re-entry into Earth's atmosphere, and he was still on track to return safely. Nobody bothered to tell him they actually put a heat shield in that thing. Can you imagine? You know, I think it's Yuri Gagarin. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's, it, it, yeah. I, I guess there's some different pronunciations of it, but that's good enough. I got to admit, the, the early space race people had had balls because it's like the people like Buzz Aldrin, they knew there was a chance it was a, a one-way ticket. I mean, that's that's pretty ballsy to say, So why not? Why do you think most of them were all test pilots? That, <laughs> this true. was their day-to-day job. This is they true. never knew if they got in, if they were ever going to come back. It's just, you know. A lot of them kind of just assumed they never would. I mean, you're going out into space and yeah it's you know i mean well you know if is your day-to-day job the is early the early years of space flight i don't think i would ever want to be a part of i mean that's some freaky ass shit to and, really and, think about and the, the the russian space race particularly had some iffy track record yeah they they lost a lot of people there, there, there's been tales of the fact that we don't really know the total number of people they actually have lost uh, in their oh, space yeah. programs, but I don't know. Somebody's trying to open something. That's so, got to be James. Sounds like he's trying to open a box doing, of James? Funyuns or something. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm listening to you guys talk. Yeah, you're doing <laughs> something. It's all right. Here's here's one for Ryan. I'm setting up the bomb to send to Ryan. <laughs> it's awfully crinkly. So here's one for, for Ryan. Zack Snyder's Justice League is so long... No one finished watching it. Well, so I actually saw somebody post that they watched the uh, Snyder cut and he finished it and he said it was way better than the one that they released. So <coughs> it, it answered a lot more questions. So do you think this would have been better? Because when they first said they're going to break it apart into like four one hour sections or two two-hour sections do you think it would have been better like that because four hours from one sitting granted even though it's on a medium that allows you to pause it and come back still seems like a long time hmm. uh no i don't know i don't i'm not worried about it i just i haven't watched it but i don't think it would be very good if they broke it up broke it up the original <laughs> justice league movie from 2017 I mean, yeah was was to see the was two hours long this fairly average length for a blockbuster movie today now in 2021 we have Zack snyder's justice league it's complete glory the hbo max released clocks in at four hours and two minutes long which is like return of the king long uh extended edition let's see no movie could uh, let's see the data's come in it seems like only 36 percent of the u.s audience members of hbo max finished the movie in the united kingdom 48 percent of the audience stuck through the watching the whole thing that's amazing. Hmm. Only 36%. Now, I would be curious to see how many of those people who would like, if they're Super Bowl fans, how many stuck through the whole, <laughs> some of the Super Bowls or some of these other 
trying to think they usually drink during super bowls so that's that's true yeah yeah what other what other movies are in four hour in length well i mean there's the the 10 commandments but there's an intermission built into it well you know it's funny that you say that because it seemed to me that um in the early days of going to the movies we always had uh, a cart. Well, we had a newsreel. We had a cartoon. Then we had a movie, which came with an intermission, and then it finished. And I don't think the movies were more than two hours long. Then maybe a little bit more. And, uh, um, no, you know uh, the old movies that I used to see, the you know the black and whites that my parents would always watch. They weren't all that long. I mean, with the exception of the musicals. But even still, so I found a yeah, they weren't more than like 90 minutes, really. So I found something from Screen Rant uh, 10 best movies that are over four hours long. If it's if you guys want to go through it, yeah, go, go ahead. Let's see if we know any of them. So here's one I've never heard of. James might have seen this because he's, he's seen more movies lately than I have is Warriors of the Rainbow, Cedic Bale, S E E D I G. I have no Q? idea what the fuck that is. I've never heard of it. Uh, Carlos 2010, never heard of it. Carlos. Carlos is technically like a miniseries that has been released to show. Okay, it doesn't count. Okay. Gettysburg, that was a miniseries. Okay. Yeah. 1900, 1976. Robert De Niro starred in some truly epic movies through the 70s, including Godfather Part Two and Deer Hunter. And the 1900, the latter is a historical drama that takes place in Italy in the first half of the 20th century. I've never heard of this movie. I haven't either, but uh, I wouldn't really consider that a movie. I mean,. Oh, Hamlet. One I would. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Uh, War and Peace. Shocking. War and Peace. A a, a book Uh, who's what's famous for not uh, famous. Yeah, it's famous for being long. I made sure I skipped that one even as a kid. (laughs) That's funny because it came out in 1966. There you go. What about you, James? Older kid, (laughs) teenager. Once a time, once upon a time in America, '84. I heard about that movie. Never saw it. It's been talked about. James, have you seen it? Which one? Once Upon a Time in America, 1984. Who's on it? Yes, I have. How was it, if you remember it? (laughs) Obviously not memorable enough because I'm like, meh. If it was over four hours. not that good. It would be burned. Four hour. It's one of those four hour movies. Yeah. So, Once Upon a Time in America is a famous case study in butchering theatrical releases. The American distributor feared that the movie wouldn't make any money owning to its original 215 minute long running time. So they decided to cut it down to a much more palatable 139 minutes, but they also rearranged the scenes into chron- into chronological order, completely butchering the intended tone and sequence of events. The full 250 uh, minute extended cut is now available. The rest of these are lord of the rings oh, yeah okay okay yeah now i remember this one i had to look it up to see exactly which one it was this one wasn't that bad actually it was actually a pretty good movie you've never seen this one it does not look familiar i'm i've probably seen bits and pieces who's in it yeah james you have robert de niro james woods uh wow. um there's a lot of it uh burt young joe pesci i knew i've heard of the movie uh, i just didn't think i okay well Danny, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stars in this one, and it was actually a really good movie now that I'm looking at it and remembering, yeah. <laughs> and the last one was Return of the King. So I Return of the King and Lord of the Rings. 
Goodness, I forgot it was that long of a movie. Because I think... Yeah. I don't know. I don't see I that. the Cosner Dances with Wolves was was right up, almost up there. But I, I guess not. Well, this is just a small list. And like, you know, listicles go. It's, you know, mileage may vary. Let's see. Because there's a couple of ones that I, I don't know if I would have... So, uh, so dances with wolves. Yeah, it's four minutes. Uh, it's four minutes before the four, uh, four hour cut, three hours and fifty six minutes. I see. But there's a guy like Kevin Costner. Movies always seem to even if even if they're bad movies, they seem to fit and be better at at four hours. Like um, the Postman, bad movies, still time to have a a fuller narrative. Yeah, uh, dances with wolves. Believe it or not, because I remember. I remember the the couple that we went and saw the movie with the, talking about the fact that the almost four hours really didn't feel like it. I mean, it in the theater watching that movie, it was a good movie and it kept your attention. So I bet if you watch it now, it seems like eight hours. Probably would fall asleep, but <laughs> it seems like anytime I sit down for two minutes, I fall asleep. So James, when's the last time you saw Dances with Wolves? Because it's been probably thirty years. Uh I actually watched it, uh, let's see. Oh, yesterday. It seemed no, like a I year ago. I think about like five years ago. <laughs> I bought it on Blu-ray because I really like it. And it came with like a digital copy that I oh, watched, uh, the digital copy. But yeah, it was only maybe about good movie. five, eight years ago. Yeah, it's a good yeah, movie. Good movie. Yeah. It's, well, I was actually thinking about watching it again recently because I was like, you know, I haven't watched that one in a long time. I don't wonder know, how it is. I don't know if I have the patience anymore. I used to love long, slow burn movies, but I've watched some of these fast paced movies that longer, slower movies. I, I just, they like, um, wanted to speed up a little. I, you know, there are certain movies that nothing, it doesn't always have to be action all the time you know non-stop for you to hold your attention span you know i mean no i know i mean but that's i think but name a movie that that is like that nowadays all the movies are these fast-paced action movies because that's how marvel made a ton of money is well but marvel's playing off of uh you know a whole a whole different thing yeah I mean, but i think a lot of people take you know there are taking i mean let's face it their dialogue for I mean, even for the new uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the dialogue is the world's greatest stuff. I mean, uh, they're not known for they're known for all the action. So, yeah, you know, it is what so it since is. We're, so since we're talking about Hollywood, Hollywood. Um, so I've got a question for you guys. So, how badass do you really think Steven Seagal is? Was or is? Well, he probably still is. Is. Just in general, like in his career. In in, in real life, considering some of the stories I've heard about him, not very tough. Okay, Uh, so... I wouldn't say um, that. Well, compared to other fighters. I mean, if you're going to compare, like, to me or John Leguizamo. you got to remember how he grew up. The guy was a badass, dude. And uh, he, he... he knew all the pressure points. He knew all the ways of, he'd lock you up in a heartbeat and you'd be on the floor well, whimpering like a little girl. Me, yes, but ask, girl. Ask, so Jean, ask Jean LaBelle. Me, of course. 
Yeah. I mean, so John, did you ever want to see under siege Two dark territory? <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. So, uh, um, it's a hilarious movie. After that one, Steven Seagal had a $60 million deer deal, uh, deer deal for deer. four more films for how many? Four. Okay. For four, four more, more films, films after right. under siege Two. Okay. Dark territory. Anyways. Um, well, the director had ties to the Gambino crime family. And he got a little pissed off about the Steven Seagal breaking the deal and asked his buddies <laughs> to go have a talk with Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal handed over at least $700,000 to these guys. And basically what happened, this is according to Steven Seagal, is they took him to a well-known mob restaurant and threatened him. And he just forked over the money. That makes him... I, I would say that makes him smart. I don't think smart. that really makes him. St- yeah, I was gonna say I don't really think that makes him stupid. I think that makes him kind of smart. If, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't care how bad your ass, you, you know, you still can't beat a bullet going, you know, <laughs> exactly two hundred thirty grain bullet going nine hundred seventy miles per hour. It'll still do a hell of a lot more <clears throat> than your little jujitsu thing. I mean, if you had if you had a bunch of if yeah. you had a bunch of mafia guys do a sit down on you and you're and they're like and you yeah. need to pay up, I, I think that's the smartest thing he would have done. He did. Um, yeah, it wasn't jujitsu. It was aikido. Yeah, he's, yeah. And then there's a. He did a. He grew up with a different form of. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. <clears throat> the guy at one time was was pretty good. The problem is, from what I've heard about everything, is he kind of believed his own publicity. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever see, now, Rob? I'm going to ask you this question. Did you ever see? The, the, what was it? It's like a crime show that he did where he was going around basically pretending to be a cop with real cops. Yeah. I guess he really is a cop with some department. He's a captain or something. They made him a, anyway, he's a real, he's an honorary, he was a real cop. He's an honorary cop. I mean, that's come on. From what I hear, he did what he needed to do to actually become a sworn officer. So that's generally meaning doing something with some academy somehow. Just like Elvis was in the military. Whatever. <laughs> Elvis was in the military. He actually went to boot camp and everything. Yes, but they weren't going to let him be. And they're going to. They were going to keep his ass in rear. Yeah, with but gear. they didn't stop Jimmy Stewart. I don't think yeah. anybody liked Jimmy Stewart at that point. <laughs> oh, oh man, he, nobody was a bigger star than Jimmy Stewart. I know. I know. I'm just <laughs> ask Liberty Vance. And he was a pilot of. Bombers. So anyway, uh, uh, who are we talking yeah. Back to Seagal. Yeah, yeah Seagal. So I, I don't know if you were spent some time watching watch that it. show. A I, few it times. was really annoying to me because of the fact that he's basically correcting these guys on their own policies. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, uh, why would you let this action movie star tell you how to do things he was, mean, it was just kind of really annoying i watched that me. series and he was supposedly supposed to be in charge of training self-defense and yeah hand to hand hand you know that was his thing that's why he was supposed to be there doing that and then i don't know so he came out with a brilliant idea let's follow him around with it let's let's play the cops show 
and follow him uh, around. Yeah. It right? was annoying. It, it wasn't. It wasn't very good, and I don't think it lasted very long either. Oh, I don't <laughs> think it lasted very long either. But I mean, I just remember watching the show, and these guys are like, "Oh, he he's fantastic. He knows everything." I'm yeah. just like, "Oh dear God, guys." Well, he are buying into his own propaganda too. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, he fully did. If you give me enough zeros behind a contract, I'll, I'll say almost anything about anybody, depending on how many. How much well, money you, get. you know, those guys were just making their salary. But the other way, way of looking at it is, you know, if he wants to go in first, let him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, you know, uh, ego ego is not going to stop a bullet. I'm sorry. It's uh, well, no, there's, there's a no. couple, there's a couple of things that I would say recommend. Take a look at. John Leglizamo, he's a um, Latino comedian, has a run in with him. He did a movie with uh, him in the movie in the 90s. Um, oh, what was the movie? It was about them on an airplane. And Steven Seagal was literally in this movie for a hiccup. He died in the beginning of the movie. Um, oh. And Leglizamo has a, a comment about running into him where uh, Steven Seagal, if I remember correctly, threw him against a wall and was, you know, choking him type of thing. Mm. And then yeah. there's a look up of this story about him and Jean LaBelle. Um, mm. let me, I'm trying to find a, a, a tidbit, but more or less, it's like Steven Seagal got uh, choked out by judo Jean LaBelle. He was famous for doing like the LaBelle lock. Hmm. Uh, look it up. I can't, I can't find enough of a thing that doesn't require me. You know, to it shows the you story. the difference in, in attitude, brain power between him and like Chuck Norris, who again <laughs> yeah. was another genuine badass undefeated and yeah. loved by everybody yeah and loved by everybody and who you know had a has a great personality is is a very kind soul uh yeah he had an ego like anybody else in, in the movies and all that but still the point is such a uh diametrically opposed uh personality compared to uh, seagal it's, it's kind of interesting I do. I am kind of curious, like how Stegall, uh ended up with such a big damn ego. Ego. It's like Jean Claude Van Damme. I mean, his movies were entertaining, <laughs> but enough for him to get that much of an ego is like, eh. yeah. Whatever happened to him? He still pops up every now and then. I just yeah, like venereal disease. I don't know. I think I think part of it was, uh, and I I can't speak to this, but I guess some women thought he was kind of good looking, and uh, he had some ways about him, I guess. And apparently, according to the people I've heard about on the street Street Fighter movie, that was Rod Julia's last movie. He was coked out of his mind. I heard he had a substance abuse problem. I'm I heard sorry, he still I'm, has the, the, I'm the sorry problem. To hear it. Yeah, I you can only have it so long before you just you're not anymore. I think he's still alive. So, yeah. well, I mean, ask, look at Keith Richards. He had a substance review problem for 40 years. So, you know, yeah, but he did enough to pickle himself. So, I mean, <laughs> and he had to have his, uh, if you guys ever want to see how, it, what helped him look it up, the, uh, how he got help. They basically removed his blood and was filtering it. It was, it's, 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 it's pretty, it was pretty brutal to listen to. Yeah. Poor guy. But anyway, um, he's still around. But I don't know. The problem is he's looked the same for the last 30 years. It's amazing what plastic yeah. surgery will do. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> hey, he looked, he, he looked 80, 30 years ago is yeah. my point. Yeah. <laughs> well, he looks so like. Speaking of officers, what would you do if uh, you were a former sheriff's dispatcher and all of a sudden you look in your bank account and see $1.2 million? Not spend it. 
Yeah, everybody that's tried to spend money that isn't theirs that's been in their bank account has gone to prison in some way, shape, or form. I know somebody who that well, happened to, just not that to degree. Yeah, this sheriff dispatcher decided that she was going to immediately transfer the funds to another account. <laughs> okay, and buy a new car and house. Huh. <laughs> okay, so well, how, how did she like the fraud charge? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure she's locked up right there now at the moment because she is, she was arrested with a $50,000 bond and (laughs) she doesn't have anyone to speak for her yet. So Mm. she doesn't have a lawyer, but, um, yeah, Mm. (laughs) that's a, that's a jeez. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not sure. And it it doesn't matter if you're a police dispatcher, your cop, your bank teller, your postal worker, whatever. All of a sudden this type of money pops into your account and you go, look at that. I won the lottery. And uh, no, probably the best thing to do is call the bank and say, I think there's a mistake. Yeah. Unless you're a politician. (laughs) uh, I'm more curious about what happened to somebody who supposedly was trying to put $86 $86 into her account. And a, a Charles and Charles Schwab and company uh, employee tried to put $86 in her account and transferred $1.2 million into there. <laughs> so I wonder what happened to them. Wow. Well, I mean, anybody could make an accounting error. It's just a few decimal <laughs> points, right? <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a couple of zeros hey. there. You know, I made a simple mistake. I, you know, I had a hiccup and my finger just kept hitting that zero. But the fact that the bank account would, the, the bank would have gone, something's funky here. That's, <laughs> it usually comes out pretty quickly. I mean, you can only hide that. So long. they're going to generally, somebody misses the money after a day or two and go, mm, we don't seem to have the funds we're supposed to have. That's a lot of zeros too. You think the bank would go, uh, Charlie, uh, what did you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, if I all of a sudden randomly see that amount of money in my account, I'm going to kind of freak out. I'm it's taking like a picture. Guy, we talked about, uh, the guy, uh, when they started doing the stimulus checks who accidentally received a few million in his, yeah. From the national treasury, he was smart enough not to spend it or transfer the funds. But, uh, you know, good thing. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of look at you all of a sudden like 1.2 mil. What? I need to call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would yeah. take a picture of it and share it to all my friends. And oh go, yeah. That would be fun. I mean, it, go ahead and do that. I would do that. I and mean, go, that'd be fun. Look, hey, look, yes, look, like, look at my stimulus check. It's like, if you don't hear from me from 10 to 20, you know why. <laughs> But then you you know yeah. it's the call to now that, then the question is who do you call? I would my, well, I, my it tells you who transferred it and you can also call your bank and find your, out where the funds came from. Yeah, your bank would be the so first. So that's call. where you start. You know, it's like <laughs> hmm. Okay, bank. I don't think that deposit's correct because I. I'm sorry, sir. It's got to be correct. We never make a mistake, but but honest to goodness, it was way. You know, it's got a few zeros. Say, no, no, it's impossible. Can I get we can't that in writing. Can I get that in writing? Yeah. You <laughs> authorizing me to spend this money? Yeah, there's there's three zeros <laughs> that I've, my bank account has never seen and will ever see. Yeah, right. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. 
Matter of fact, those zeros, those zeros are more than my grandfather and my father saw. So what rocker, two world famous rockers and a vibrating bed have in common? Alice Cooper has quite, I don't actually want to know. Yeah. Alice Cooper has quite the story to tell you when it comes to his first ever experience, uh, drug experience. The shock rocker found himself smoking weed on a vibrating bed with a group of roughly eight people. One of them who happened to be the guitar God. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But I don't know. Um, the way you described that, it was a little bit creepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, I was, <laughs> I was trying for a little bit of something. Um, but do you know how weird you that would be? A little bit of something. That would, you know, how weird that would be being a, one, a, a young rocker or just being somebody and next thing you know, you're, you're, you're smoking next to the Jimi Hendrix. Well, see, yeah. When, when was this were, before or after Jimi Hendrix died? That's a good. Comment. I'm assuming it was. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, it was before he died. And and the point was, at the time, as good as Jimi Hendrix was, he wasn't the Hendrix that he became after his death. Hate to say that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. True. That was the fact. And uh, you know, Hendrix was was pretty cool. So. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, yeah. was it George Harrison and. Uh, Ringo was famously saying he, no, look at Ringo. And uh, Paul was saying that Ringo's not even the greatest uh, uh, drummer, drummer of the band. The Ringo didn't argue with him. <laughs> Why should he? He got the same paycheck. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Um, yeah. I, you know, that'd be fine. I, it's not the best musician. So, you know, I found something today that I was very, that kind of tripped me out and made me wonder about this one is have you guys ever heard of the euthanasia roller coaster yes i don't know why but i have heard of it remind us so the euthanasia roller coaster was this roller coaster where you start out going up a 1600 feet ascension to drop down and then do seven back-to-back loops in which you will reach 224 miles per hour and reach G-forces of 10, causing loss of oxygen to the brain, unconsciousness, and death. Now, this was uh, a design by a roller coaster designer and artist named Julianus Urbonus. And he was trying to come up with a idea to give people uh, thrill seekers, basically a painless way to end their life. That also brings them joy. I think heroin's and easier. <laughs> he pitched it. He pitched it as concept art and a solution to overpopulation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so he decided to come up with a fun way to kill yourself, basically. <laughs> with, with that being said, we have another sponsor or a word from Messenger. Just listen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to keep up to date on the maddest of the mad at the Mad Trio podcast? Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or go to themadtrio.com. So, 
he was just pitch, pitching this roller coaster. It never got built, I'm assuming. That's yeah. a pretty dope. Where was this guy built. from? Uh, I have to go back up. I'm just curious. I mean, and I wanted to hear his name again. So just... uh, sounded French. Julianus Urbonus. I don't see in the article where he's from. Maybe he's Italian. Uh, hold on. Let me click on his name and see if it comes up or something. <laughs> trying to figure out. I, I just... Lithuania. Lithuania. Uh, All right. Wow. And yeah, he's a co-founder of the Lithuanian Space Agency. <laughs> yeah, there's, and he also builds oh, rockets. He's a former are... director of the Soviet amusement park. So it might be in the Russia. <laughs> well, yeah, Lithuania saying no. Yeah, I've, no. I've I, been accused of having a lot of free time, especially lately from certain people. I think this guy had more time on his hands than he needed. I'm not quite sure how this sounded. Well, if he was there under the Soviet area during Russia, he was just trying to figure out ways to get out. <laughs> That's one way to get out. <laughs> He's like, it's this or the gulag. Mm. <clears throat> it's your choice. Yeah, but I, I didn't. It, like the euthanasia coaster kind of sounds familiar, but I, you know, I was like, Hmm, I don't know if I ever read up on it, but I'm surprised yeah, the movie was so it. it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Like, uh, well, what's that movie? Tron. Right. Yeah. You know, and I was going to say, you it's got sent- the, you got the, your 30th birthday. You got the ride, the coaster. Oh, no, you're thinking of, um, uh, uh, uh something run. Logan's Run. Yeah. Logan's Run. Logan's That's Run. It. Yeah, yeah, not Tron. Logan's I, Run. I was going to say, Youth and Asian Coaster sounds like a song, you know? Or or, or some sort of band. And it'd be, there you go. It would be Youth Asian Coaster, you know? Yeah, but anyway. Well, nowadays, I, that might be considered politically incorrect. Not if they were a K-pop band. <laughs> then it... Yeah, don't, and it's just don't get me started with K-pop. My goodness, <laughs> what a weird thing that is! This but, this um, coming from a, a generation where King Crimson was a thing. Hey, or least, I know let's, that's at least when men were men and, and women were women, and boys weren't trying to be girls. Or oh um, God, that sounded bad. No, never mind. I didn't say that. La- Can we edit that? Ladies and gentlemen, we I'm hear done. it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm we done. hear it. Old Guy Tech TV and the Mad Trio podcast. These do. This involves what, all knowledge. Does, does not necessarily <laughs> reflect the views of the hosts of Mad Trio podcast. Uh, sorry, folks. Except um, for the one host that said it. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. But, ladies and gentlemen, what you don't know is he's been on an extreme amount of laudanum lately. He's just had a really interesting day. Um, uh, it's been a long day. Yeah, I had four hours of sleep, so. That's the excuse. So, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with it. Um, <laughs> shit. I'm not sure. Um, oh, anyway, sorry. So this is an interesting thing. There was a this is a NASA rough transition. engineer found out about the roller coaster and he looked into it and <laughs> was doing the science behind it. He found some major minor errors in the aerodynamics and friction, but interestingly. He discovered that amputees and people with small legs might actually survive the coaster. Oh, okay. (laughs) So just make sure you cut your legs off before you get on it. (laughs) Wow. Well, so I don't think we'll see it at Disneyland anytime soon. Would the drummer of Def Leppard survive? Uh, Half of them. (laughs) And you thought what I said was wrong. (laughs) Yes, but everybody loves the drummer of Def Leppard and has made jokes about him Uh, since the 80s. Come on now. 
I'm not. I'm not here making jokes about poor, defenseless people. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, fuck. That's still a rough transition. Um, <laughs> Who? Okay. <You're> anyway, <laughs> so did you did you know that uh, Wyatt Earp's uh, oh his his, his that, quote unquote wife died of a laudanum overdose? Oh, a lot of people died from laudanum overdose. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had a common law wife. Um, I know he was a scumbag. Yeah. Everybody has their good points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, and yeah, I did know that. London was a very, uh, that was the start of the, uh, opioid, shall we say crisis, <laughs> <laughs> their version of it, the, the Western version of it. <laughs> So we're going to try to distract from some of the previous conversations. Yeah, I got pretty and, morbid. It's all James. And, and we're going to go straight into making it worse. Um, <laughs> a go. beloved TV host and animal activist have, unfortunately, has Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. Jack, Jack Hanna. Hanna's family announced he has Alzheimer's disease. And I read an article. I don't know how much it's true saying it was a particularly fast thing. That's of, what they said. It was a rapid onset Alzheimer's or uh, dementia. Rapid dementia. onset dementia Wait, who is it again jack, jack Hanna. Hanna. he's oh jack he, Hanna. Okay. yeah if, if y'all aren't familiar with him and you haven't watched american television for the last 30 years he was on all the tonight shows and type of things he had he's his always own bringing animals up yeah to jay leno's show and he actually i i saw him not too long ago um i wanted to say it was the today show i think uh where he was uh it was part he partnered with a couple of zoos in the United States, and he was always talking about trying to improve zoos and animal habitat. And, and he had his he had a TV show that was at one of the bush gar that was uh, filmed at one of the bush gardens. And so, according to TMZ, Jack Hanna, the famed and beloved animal expert, is battling Alzheimer's disease. His family is saying it progressed much faster in the last few months. Jack's three daughters, Kathleen, Suzanne, and Julie, made the sad announcement Wednesday saying he's no longer able to participate in public life as he used to. Which is a shame. Is a, is a guy who kind of grew up with him. Jack Hanna, I, I loved his... Um, I love anybody's excitement about things, but seeing him excited about animals, it was, it was always kind of fun to watch. I was kind of really sad to hear that. Well, it wasn't Steve Irvin level of excitement, but he had his own version of it. He was a little more yeah. restraint. Well, and I, Steve Irwin, I think the, the way I used to watch him, I loved his excitement, but part of it is I think why people watch NASCAR, you know, it's because he would be <laughs> waiting for the crash. Yeah. 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 Well, then you stop watching NASCAR because they fixed the problem. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same way with Steve Ir uh, Irwin. Um, it's because they were waiting to see if the crocodile bit back. Yeah, I know. I just, uh, I guess. So anyway, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that uh, uh, for him. I'm, I'm hoping, uh, hoping that something like that doesn't happen to me. But what I'm really hoping about is that I'll often wonder about the awareness of do you become aware of your faculties slipping that much that rapidly? And if so, how that how does that affect you in, in you know, uh, last of your life? I, I have heard, and I don't know how much is true, I have heard that on the initial part of it, you realize something's different. And then the rest, I, I you know, I'm assuming you don't. Because that's what I've heard. So I, I've, heard I've seen both. I've seen both the... Um, it gets so bad to a certain point where they don't even know who they are or what they are and everything's roses. 
And then you get to the, there's others that it's just a deep depression and they hate everybody and it's just an awful ending. So I'm hoping for him that uh, because his life was so grand and he got to do so many different things that all those memories will be what he'll remember and uh, yeah. all the good times. So I, I, I went to a, a church that there was a gentleman there who had Alzheimer's and his wife at the time said there's, there's what do they call it, sunsets and something or else. There's oh, yeah, days that are, are really good and days are really bad. And really good, by the way, is relative to the position they are in in the decline. So what were you saying, Rob? I, yeah, it's not important. Come on. <laughs> you started. I uh, And you interrupted. It, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I think the term was sunsetters. And That's it, it. It has oh. to do with uh, they're usually good in the early part of the morning to afternoon, and then it gets real bad in, towards the evenings. And that's, that's that was the the reason why it call, was called that. And uh, anyway, huh. that was my one moment of clarity. I'll go back into my fog. <laughs> I've been, ooh, been in a fog all day today. Ooh, yeah. ooh. First, first, making <laughs> so, fun of a minority group. Now this, hey. <laughs> of course, coming from minority himself. But, hey, know. exactly. So one, he's a Jew, don't you know? Yeah, one more minority to another. <laughs> Like that video you sent me the other day. I don't remember which video. Jeez. Oh, the ones I replied, I'm glad they're, you know, hopefully none of those oh. people took DNA tests because they might be cousins. Oh, it was the <laughs> it was the, the Jewish mafia. Yeah, I'm not going there. Oh, oh. <laughs> Too now close to home. The Jewish mafia is uh, incestuous? Uh, no, I just had the, had the fact that, <laughs> that uh, I had family members that, at some point in time, may or may not have, I have no personal first-hand knowledge of, been involved. Other minority group. I mean, this is going to be the. That's right. I mean, if, if, if you hemmed and haw anymore, you'd have to start feeding you hay. <laughs> um, hey, isn't this Ramadan? I don't know. What's I, it called? I, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I barely oh, even know when on. it's you know Thanksgiving. He just um, knows when his days off are. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so how much would you guys say would you have to spend to do whatever the hell you want at a theme park? How much would you have to spend to do whatever you wanted at a theme park? Yeah, so if they had a policy of, you know, don't walk on the grass and you spend a bunch of money and you just walk on the grass, how much do you think you would have to pay to do that so so you mean like these parks have fines so if you're walking the grass you, you get, get kicked fined. out or asked never to come back oh oh okay I, I don't have a clue a man was arrested after refusing a temperature screening at disney springs in florida and he said that he couldn't be kicked out or sent out because he spent fifteen thousand dollars on this vacation that's <laughs> private company hmm and they got rid of him and actually had him arrested because he decided to throw a fit about a temperature screening. I, I, I really hope they, they brought out one of the, the, the cartoon characters, Goofy, said, <laughs> come with me, please. Yeah, I was wondering if he got actually sent to Disney jail. <laughs> that, yeah, well, since we know that really exists. That would be funny. Especially, can you know, you have one of the, what was it, Dale is sitting in the cell next to him. Why are you in there? <laughs> 
too much. Alcohol. I wouldn't let them stick a thermometer up my ass. I guess. You know, I oh, so so. You know, I mean, the temperature screenings. All they do is just point a little gun at your yeah, forehead. People are weird so, though. So no, so no Chinese COVID test. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've had some of those tests somewhere where the reading literally was like 89.5. And I told the guy, I said, you know, by legal definitions, I'm dead. Right. I said, eh. <laughs> so, Come is on a, in, sir. so, so is a zombie, can I just steal whatever I want since, you know, I'm past, I'm past the point of you being able to persecute me or prosecute me because zombies are minorities too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just for something, um, as simple as that to waste your money on to just find a temperature screen. It makes it baffles me. It just baffles me. Yeah. I don't, why I, that's the question. I, I don't understand. I mean, cause it, I thought it was SOP. Isn't it part of the agreement when you buy, cause I've heard, I don't, yep, I've heard it's much. part of the agreement when you, when you get a ticket to Disney right now is that you will, you are mandated Submit X, to, Y, and Z. Oh yeah, yeah, there's there's guidelines. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Gu- yeah. I mean, it's you, you got to do if if you want to come on to their to their property, you have to abide by the rules. Yeah. And if I've That's got what I'm saying, how much money do you think you need to spend to break rules at a theme park? Well, obviously, fifteen thousand isn't enough. So that's pretty that's much what. Really that's, no. that's four people. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, in Disneyland it is. I I <laughs> don't have a clue. I guess you got to be a yeah. you got to be a star or something, right? A real movie. St- Tom Cruise could probably get away with it. I, honestly, I doubt. I doubt it. I mean, they, he would probably have some sort of you know space bubble or some maybe something to prove he's been yada yada. But I think if they're doing it for the general public, public, I would enforce it for everybody. Be considering if one person having COVID could could cause a well, minor like epidemic. Ken would never go during general public anyway. He could probably not get twenty feet before he's mobbed. Yeah, yeah he probably goes at like close times yeah. where they allow they people like midnight, that. Tom Cruise gets the twelve thirty show. Joe Rogan <laughs> said on one of his podcasts that there's like celebrities get certain treatment, like they go through the yeah. back doors and they get certain oh, yeah. things. So. I'm sure they do. They, yeah. they have to. So, have, have, yeah. do either of you two trust? So I'm gonna check some uh, old black, and, black no, old black and white TV uh, television shows. Either Do have I either of you heard of the show F Troop? Yes. Okay. I've F-troop. even watched it. You have? I vaguely remember it, but I have watched it. Oh well. Larry Storch came up. I think he just had his birthday. I it's the only reason it popped up on something. No, it could have been. Born in January eighth. So for some reason did he pass? Oh my god, I I'm botching this yes. the hell out of it. But uh he uh I started thinking about the way we way we started watching television and the shows we started watching and how we started watching. And I was thinking about a show like F Troop. Now F Troop was did based you say by Larry Storch. Yeah. It's uh S T O R C H. Yeah. I'm looking at him right now. Huh. Yeah. Um, if you look at the, there's a group of pictures of a one that's probably in a union off uh, union soldiers uniform. And it was based off a union <laughs> based loosely based off a union group at a fort in the west uh and about the shenanigans that they did you know it was a comedy so james hampton of f troop and longest yard died okay so by I, I guess what i was getting at is i was thinking about how television has evolved 
from that period of time. Because I remember watching that show, and I'd have to look up and see the actual dates of it when it was on. But I remember watching it as a kid, and I started thinking about how uh, we were yeah, how we were uh, forced to watch. 1965. Which, okay. To 67. Well, there you go. So um, I wasn't as young as I thought I was. <laughs> but the point was, uh, is that what was on – was it what was on it wasn't like you know yeah. we had three channels and uh you know you had your choice and it was yeah and to quote jeff foxworthy if the president's on the your night was shot no, i was gone no I mean, he's on every channel every channel yeah and and i started thinking about how how much it's evolved and the, part of what brought it to my attention was the fact that yesterday i was desperately looking for something to watch and I'm going through all my streaming services stuff and I'm, you know, and I, I realized I must, there must've been a thousand different programs on there. Not one caught my attention that I just was in the mood to watch. And I went, how weird have we gone from three channels and what was on, what was on to the point that now we can get it anytime we want any show basically we yep. want anywhere we want. And yeah. And you can it's watch like, TV on the, uh, yeah. in La- in, off in, in Everest. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's gotten bad. I think I just tell me that the, the, the programming and the production and the shows, the good ones are becoming far and few between. What would have been like the closest thing I could think of is radio back in its heyday when you had TV, there are only three channels, but radio, there was a myriad of options to listen to radio. Well, when you first started with only AM, you were, were still limited. only limited. Yeah. Okay. It was when FM came on that radio really exploded. Well, I meant for like the old, um, the old time radio shows. Cause it didn't FM come around into the fifties or sixties. Or was it yeah, that? it was late fifties, early sixties, I believe. And watch me be corrected. I think the technology came out in the forties, <laughs> but I think until you got your push button radio in your car, you know, where you could have your girlfriend <laughs> with you and you could go through the radio channels, and there were actually FM channels to go through. That's when things got really cool. Because uh, radio, I don't uh, know. I yeah. Radio for me was normally a thing that I almost exclusively listened to. When I was driving, it seemed to be be the thing. May have been going wherever you were going. You always had the radio on and you listened to it. It wasn't as big a deal um, in the house. Well, I'm going to correct myself on that. So when I was younger, strangely enough, I was a talk radio buff. And those were the early days of talk radio. So I, I, I remember as uh, uh, in the car, it was always music. I don't care what it was. It was always music of some kind and all the different channels. And it was always, always driving. And music in the house, in the home for me was always different. It was always vinyl. So when I listened to music, it was always the record player was going. Oh, so I thought right. you were talking about the Edison ones. You were talking about the actual flat ones. <laughs> well, you know, had I known about the Edison <laughs> ones, I could have listened to those too. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm going to smack you one. I'm not that old. But anyway, <laughs> the point was is that it was, uh, in this all, I'm going to rewind this all the way back to my initial thought about how much there was, there is to watch now compared to what there used to be yet. It still seems like there's nothing to watch. I, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I give you that. I did a word. It just weird. It just struck me the other day. Just, 
I, I just couldn't find anything. I end up just watching the same shows over and over and over again. That's one of the reasons yeah. I invested in my, my Plex server. Is this every because anytime I, I look through Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, nothing looked interesting, and I always watched the same thing. So I'm like, you know. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? I mean, you can go through and I go, eh, 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 I don't like this. I don't like that. Seen that? No, this doesn't look and, good. I didn't know. You know, it's just- and then for me, it's because I also have a very young kid, so I have to be very careful on what I watch. Because a, not only do I not want to get those questions, um, like the guy who took his young son to see Deadpool, or <laughs> I, I, I just don't want them to have nightmares. Yeah, because like you know, I don't know. Star Wars is kind of scary to a it kid. It can be. Yeah. No, I understood. Um, but it is interesting, the evolution, how much that's changed. And, you know, there's a correlation to radio first, because obviously it was out before uh, television. And then television in the beginning was so limited. I mean, and don't forget, television wasn't 24-7 either. It was, you know, a, a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, it went through snow or, or was the other one, the color bars when it got test pattern. It, right. So at, yeah, at, test pattern at midnight, on, yeah. the end of the tonight show or whatever, that, that was it. And then, you, you know, you got the, uh, they played the, um, national anthem and then the test pattern came on and it was boo for the rest of the, you know, time. So, you uh, know, I, my dad talks about a guy in Southern California who, uh, owned his own, uh, tower television tower and he would play the piano at certain times hmm. he would just take over his television station and just sit there and play music on his piano that's interesting and my dad said he used to watch it it was yeah so it was you know i mean watch it or listen to it well, he would watch it and listen to it. So I mean, he actually broadcast yeah. his piano playing? Yeah, him playing the piano is what my dad used to say when he lived down in uh, uh, Orange County. I can't imagine what a camera back then would have cost. He must have been, a, must have been a rich guy. A, yeah. Not not only that. Oil to have Baron. A, well, to have. <laughs> old oil Baron or something. I don't know. Well, the, 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 the tubes alone, the, the broadcasting, the, what do you call that? The, the broadcast, it would have been a fortune. Yeah, it would have been a very I oh, mean, yeah, good, good on him, but I can't yeah. imagine what it would cost to do that. And today, the FCC would have you locked up and put away. Yeah. Oh, you'd, yeah. You'd be in jail for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But interesting. Well, I mean, back then, you could do whatever you wanted if you owned it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess. I guess you're allowed to do a lot of things. I know. I know. We we kind of last week we kind of touched on the, you know, what start once the television got to midnight and they decided we're going to keep broadcasting. We got the equipment anyway, and it brought on all the you know creature the late, features, creature features, and late night, night stuff that all those guys got famous for. So it's kind of interesting the way things go. You know, who I would have been most interested in and would have loved to to see his opinion of the way TV took off as my grandfather, because, you know, he was born in like around 19, early 1900s, you know, and so when he grew up, radio wasn't even invented. They were still using, um, uh, what's it called? The dashes and dots. Morse code. They're still using Morse code, and, and that's the latter end of that. And towards the end of his life, you know, there were computers that sat on your desk instead of being the size of city blocks. And I don't know, it would have been interesting to see at 110 what he thought about all this, all this new technology. So your other grandfather, my father, talked about, and I think this was probably in... Yeah, the 80s, shortly before he died anyway. 
and he talked about, he was born in 1911, and he talked about just what he saw in his life from a child to an adult, what, what, what happened to the earth in that, that short period of time, the technology and everything that's come along. Just amazing, right? Because you got to remember, if you go back to early flight, I mean, he was born in 1911. I think uh, Wright brothers had flown. Somebody would have to correct me on the date on that, but, you know, just a few years before that. And so if you go to that, to the period of time before he died, and here, you know, you got 747s flying, the Concorde flying, men landing on the moon and coming back, and in and, and the shuttle, and all, it was just, he talked about how, uh, the fact is how mind-blowing it is for that generation. December 17th, 1903, Wilbur and Orville Wright made the four brief flights at Kitty Hawk. Yeah, so, I mean, think about that. Uh, that is quite, that is quite something. So we had taken, uh, we could get into this history debate if we, if we really wanted to get into it in some deep discussion. Cause if you go back on how long it took to just get to the industrial revolution to the iron age. So it starts all back to, you know, what, what pre metals, pre bronze age and then bronze age. And then how long it took to go from that period to the industrial revolution, hundreds and hundreds of years. And then we get so compressed into this time period that within a lifetime, you see such extreme changes. It, it's 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 mind-boggling. I saw this on the History Channel. It was aliens. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. Um, wow. uh, you should have. And with that, the uh, <laughs> show's been on for almost an hour. We're going to say good night, folks. Thank you for listening. It's very nice to of our sponsors to sponsor us. And uh, any last words, John? Still waiting, dude. Wipes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We didn't do our, yeah, we still haven't gotten, Dude Wipes hasn't called me yet, so we're still waiting on that. But uh, Audacity, thank you very much for for being a good sponsor. And uh, on behalf of Jonathan Charney, James (laughs) Stevens, and the old guy, Rob Charney, I wish you good night.